comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Previously on Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I can't believe I ate the whole thing. Dude, I know. It was pretty incredible. You know we're recording right now, right? Yeah, yeah, I know. I, but uh, before we like get started, remember, remember the show Dinosaurs? Yeah, Robbie was such a rebel. Robbie the rebel, the baby, not the mama. Not the mama. Remember that one episode where like the they had the DNA test and they actually had a really smart baby, but then they just loved that weird baby so much? It's weird that they're able to have DNA tests on the show Dinosaurs. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's what gets me right there. And then, like, their their boss is, like, this really angry Triceratops, which you never see because, like, you know, you would think that Triceratops is an herbivore and he's really nice. You never see him, like, standing or, like... That's true. Anywhere, he's, always anywhere, like, he's always inside yes. of his office. Yeah, he's like, get in here! You know, you know what? The Like, Earl, like, he loves eating, like, lots of food. I feel like The Rock probably eats, like, the same amount of food as all of the, that dinosaur family does combined. All of the, yeah, I can see that. Well, maybe not the teenage daughter. She's probably, like, trying to yeah, watch you. She's, she's like, a, she's a Vegisaurus or, like, a Do You Think yeah. Saurus Rex or something. Do you think he's sore? <laughs> Thanks, Tim. All right. Anyway, remember, we're talking Pain and Gain next week. Are we? It's not Scorpion King? No, no, it's Pain and Gain with Marky Mark and the, uh, the Funky Bunch. The Funky Bunch? When did they become, like, well, I guess. Yeah. Okay, I'll be ready. Sweet. Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. In, in, introduction. This is Abe. Hello. Out now is a film podcast. with Abe and I discussing new movies weekly. We also bring in discussion about the latest movie trailers, box office results and predictions, a callback to past films similar to our main film of the week, and games and other fun stuff. This is episode 101. I thought Abe would chime is, in. Is that a woo or is that a... Uh... I, I think it's a woo. I mean, we did 100 episodes <laughs> last week and that was like lots of wooing, so we could probably scale back to like just like one like woo, like woo. a quick one. But like we did it, we're we're now we're officially in the new the new millennium of I know, podcasts. I know you can't tell, but I'm doing the Arsenio Hall whoop motion. I can tell. I can I oh, can hear the okay. I can hear the air from you your arm. The enthusiasm and the okay, cool. Yeah. Oh yeah, we, we've entered into a whole like that was our first century. We're yeah. We're, we're in the millennium. Is that what you said? New millennium. Yeah. <laughs> that translates to 100 podcast episodes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Don't make fun. So the Smith the Smith family is a national treasure. Um. I heard last week of the word too. Yeah, well, you know, I, <laughs> I do like our running jokes. And one of them is that Maxwell had, a, or not Maxwell. He's, I'm going to talk about him in a second. One is that, that Bark is, Robinson loves pieces of the wild. The other is that the Will Smith family is a national treasure. <laughs> anyway, joining us to discuss Pain and Gain, the latest film for Michael Bay, we have Maxwell Haddad. He's, he's here. He's joining us. He's back. Hello. Hey. I'm here. Hello. And also joining us from the Thoughtful Slacker, a man who has raisinets for candy to eat later, Jose Cordova. <laughs> I'm so glad you said candy. How's it going? <laughs> going well. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. So what you're saying is Anthony Mackie is portrayed by Jose Cordova? 
I didn't see Anthony Mackie eat Raisinets during the movie. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, uh, is, his nickname is now Anthmac. It's very, it's not very catchy like Ant-Mac? the rock. Anthmac. Oh, Anthmac. Oh, there's the T in there, or the H in there. The H in there, yeah. It's, it's not, it's not as catchy as Marky Mark or the rock, but we really need to shorten that name. Why can't he be like Mackie Mac or something like that? That's not bad, actually. I like that. Maggie Mac and Marky Mark together again with the rock. Rocky Rock? Oh. We, we, we don't need to go that far. Johnny Johnson? Oh, okay. All right. Johnny Johnson. Johnny Johnson. Johnny Johnson. I am glad that my introduction didn't involve drugs this time. I thought this would be the perfect opportunity. <laughs> well, we, we want to intervene with you about the chem. But, uh, I like the chems. I like keeping and the slow mo. I like keeping their guests on the toes. That's why. <laughs> Next time it'll definitely be about drugs, though. That's for sure. For sure. Anyway, <laughs> let's get through some of this film podcast stuff that we generally oh. do. Um, let's see, a few, uh, few announcements. Last week was our 100th episode, which was a lot of fun. A lot of, a lot of hard work went into that, and we're happy that we were able to pull it off. Um, but we did announce a contest. Um, we, we want to see our listeners design us a, a banner. Uh, there is a, we have our Facebook and Twitter page, and there is like a banner photo on there. We love it to see our listeners get creative and uh, design some kind of banner. And um, the winner of this would uh, get a really fancy prize. So, uh, Very fancy, like yeah. awesome. Is is yeah. this open to uh, past guests? This is. <laughs> you know what? Why not? Boom. <laughs> there you I'm go, opening, guys. I'm opening the floors to everybody. Uh, so I mean, we have to like the banner, of course. We, I mean, someone someone has to win over everybody else. But I'm opening the floor to everyone to enter this contest. Please remember that if you submit, you're essentially giving Aaron and I. Rights to that drawing, and we can use it as we deem ple- or as we deem uh, appropriate. Yeah, we want to see some creativity, and you know, email email the uh, your submissions to outnowpodcast at gmail We'll be happy to get them. Um, let's see. Other thing. Oh, more important thing. Um, iTunes um, listeners, which I assume is many of you, um, the HHW LOD site, which is the site that hosts our podcast as well as other fine shows. It's going to be updated. It's going to be completely remodeled and kind of switched over. And because of that, the podcast feed is going to kind of change. So anyone that subscribes to this podcast through iTunes is going to have to resubscribe within probably around next week at some point. So just letting you know now that if you can't, like, find this podcast for whatever reason, it's because this feed is going to not exist and a new feed is going to exist. So you have to literally go back and click into iTunes or however you get into this podcast and resubscribe. That is quite important for people that want to continue listening to our podcast, so be sure to you know, keep those words in mind. And if you have some time, write us a little note. That'd be wonderful, yeah. <laughs> We'd love to get some reviews on iTunes and some star ratings. Very easy to do once you get through the process of getting on there through iTunes. <laughs> so, you know, that's a good thing. Help us out. Be nice. Um, let's see, what else? Uh, oh, okay, I put up a question on the old Facebook page, as usual. Uh, this week I had favorite and least favorite Michael Bay movie. You know, we got a number of uh, number of responses here, so I'm going to read through them. First one's from uh, Corey Stevenson, new, new like on the on the show page. Um, his favorite, Bad Boys, least favorite, Revenge of the Fallen, Transformers 2, understandable choices. Uh, this one's from Scott Mendelson, The Rock, and Pearl Harbor, respectively. Sorry for predictable responses. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense to me. I probably agree with those. Uh, this one's from Arya. Favorite, Bad Boys 2, least favorite, Transformers 3. Likes one sequel, hates another. Donnie Salvo wrote, favorite, The Rock, least favorite, any of the Transformers movies. Let's see, this one's from Raphael. Favorite, Bad Boys 2, least favorite, The Island. Mm. 
I'm not a Big Island fan. I mean, you know, I say this. I know a Lice of Blue owner, Brian White. His one of his favorite movies is The Island. I am not a fan of The Island. I like The Island. <laughs> I Maybe. actually haven't seen The Island. Mm. Yeah, well, maybe we'll discuss this more when we get to our <laughs> But um <laughs> in terms of Michael Bay's stories versus Michael Bay's styles. Because there's lots of talk lots to talk about there. Um and I think that's all I have for announcements this week. So yeah, let's just move right let's move right on to uh know everybody. Each week we try to ask each other a few questions better set the tone for the podcast so we can better understand and how to know everybody. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I got it. I said that. I said that. I don't care how it sounds. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, I think it sounded awesome. So I'm for glad, I'm so glad for you thought that. I'm going to let I'm going to let you start this one off. Awesome. Uh Maxwell. Yeah. Who do you think is more personal of a guy? Dwayne Johnson or Terry Crews? Dwayne Johnson. Hmm. Any reason for that? Eh, just in interviews and stuff, he seems more personal. Oh. Okay. I mean, I like, I'd still I like probably be less afraid of him. I like this <laughs> Terry Crews, but, I mean, yeah, I think The Rock is probably a more charismatic person. Do you guys follow him on Twitter? His Twitter is awesome. Dude, the yeah. Rock, Terry, yeah, The Rock, yeah. He puts up these crazy pictures of him, like, after he worked out or made pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I and mean, he'll eat, like, 16 pancakes or whatever. I, awesome. I need a link to this in the show notes. I'll put a I'll put a link to that and a link to his picture. Have you seen him dressed as the Hulk for Halloween? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, oh my god, awesome. that picture's that picture's amazing. Like yeah. I love the thing that he has like because I know he has kids. I like the thing he has like a couple of kids and that like he just like went trick or treating with them dressed as this like this crazy bulked out rock and it's like a or Hulk. And it's <laughs> yeah, like bulked out rock. It's going as himself? every day. Yeah. Why is it Why is it the thing? Because <laughs> he doesn't like the Fantastic Four. Where's the, let's get that campaign going. Make the rock the thing. <laughs> we just have to draw lines on his body and he'll be done. <laughs> okay, I'm going to ask Aaron a question. Okay. And that question is, and I apologize beforehand, but <laughs> would you rather do cocaine or take steroids? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> do cocaine, do cocaine, do cocaine. I, 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 I guess I'll go with cocaine. Yes! <laughs> I was gonna say, well, so, we know. So, so I, 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 I think he's on it right now for the speed of that what? voice. What? <laughs> what? No, no. Hold on. No, oh, oh. <laughs> it out. This just became an entirely different kind of podcast. Yeah, this is a, this this is an is intervention? A good, yeah, this, this is a good time to emphasize this, that we at Out Now do not encourage the use of drugs. Yes, we don't. <laughs> I just didn't, I just didn't want Eric. For the family-friendly show that we provide every week. I, I seriously just didn't want your testicles to show. Yeah, episode 101. <laughs> a new a very special episode. <laughs> it's, like it's like a reboot of the Star Wars franchise. We just, yeah, it's just not very it's good. It's just like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go now. So the new tagline is this: "This not your dad's uh, out now with Aaron and Abe." Boom! There you go. <laughs> okay, I have a question for Jose. What actor? Shoot. We've seen a lot of actors in this movie get bulked up more than normally that we see them. What actor would you be curious to see as a bulked up version of themselves? Bulked up version of themselves. I'm assuming it's probably better if they're normally not bulked up. Um. Oh, I would love to see like a bulked up like Jason Bateman. 
<laughs> that would look okay. weird. <laughs> but he's still like, he's still like, you know, like very like un- unassuming and like, you know, he still does the same shtick, but he's like really bulky for some reason. Oh, man. I just, I can't, I, I'm envisioning like a Photoshop version of his head on some bodybuilder. <laughs> like, this is- on the next season of Arrested Development, Michael joins <laughs> him and gets the surprise of his life. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Wanted to make that right. a full full experience. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I'll ask uh, Maxwell. Yes. Do you have a favorite based on a true story uh, movie? Oh man, that's a very difficult question. Doesn't have to be one. We, 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 you know, maybe top three or something, or first ones that came to mind. I guess the first two that came to mind, and I'm not even sure if they'd be my favorite, but they came to mind would be The Social Network and Fargo. I mean, those, that's those, awesome. Those, those yeah. aren't, those are, those are tough to beat, I would say. Yeah. I love them both. They're based on a true story, and I think they do a good job of capturing that story with, uh, while also being very good cinema. So, yeah, there you go, those two. Um, all right, I'll ask this one right back at you, Jose. If you could Alrighty. cast Mr. Dwayne The Rock Johnson as any role, whether a role that's not yet been created in cinema or going back into the history of cinema and recasting a certain role with him, which role would it be? Oh, that's a good question. Um... Charlie Chaplin, the tramp. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure he's spry enough for those. Movies. I would like Mister. Uh, what, what do you call him, Aaron? Uh, Wayne the D, the D Silent Johnson. Yes. That was that um, was in, that, that was in the old the first century. Now, now better. <laughs> we've turned a new leaf. Back to Dwayne Johnson. Okay, he's back to Dwayne Johnson now. <laughs> That's the best okay, way to handle I, that. I've forgotten this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad I'm, I'm up to date. Um, I would actually love to see him in like Ocean's 14. Mm. If I could do that as like a mark or as like the the new as like a new new member of the team. For some reason, they just need like a really buff guy this time. Uh, he's, he's, he's Andy Garcia's long lost cousin. <laughs> 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 Listen, guys, I know you don't like me, but bring out my cousin here. <laughs> yeah, I would really love to recast him in something, but I think that that would require me more time to think about it. But it's really that's a really intriguing question. If you if you come up with, with another answer, just shout it out during the show. Don't mention what it is. Just say the movie. Yeah, we'll be like, hey, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, he's referencing the question. He's referencing that thing we asked him an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely do that now. <laughs> Uh, right. Oh, that's me. Uh, I will ask uh, Abe. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. <laughs> what? How big is it? Because I love that everyone's calling this uh, uh, M- Michael Bay's uh, small movie. Um, <laughs> and so, how how big? Six inches. Okay. So how, how am I trying to phrase this question? Um. Scratch that. I'm not even sure what I was trying what? to say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not sure what I was going to say. That's how you say no ever. That's why I write mine. 
question. All right. What what uh, uh, toy or beloved franchise would you like Michael Bay to uh, to to attack next? He's uh, he's done Transformers. He's doing TMNT. Uh, uh, what what would you set up for him next? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is what TMNT stands for yeah. for our listeners that can't understand these acronyms. Yeah, who are not born in the '80s and '90s. Um, I would say, well, hmm, that's a good one. Because <laughs> it would have to be something that's, like, over-the-top ridiculous, and uh, it requires a lot of slow motion. I'm trying to think back to the toys that, or I guess the action figures we used to roam around the schoolyard with. Hey, I'm pretty sure the answer is clear. Is it going to be Beast Wars Transformers? Because that's what came to my mind first. Like, I mean that's that's more if that's already falls into what he's done. The answer obviously is a is a huge scale Powers Rangers the movie. No, no. Yes. Up Abe, Bob. Or Voltron. Are there still a, Voltron? Whoa. Hmm. That might be. You might be on something there. Yeah. Voltron versus like the asteroid that's going to hit Earth. Yeah. That's a good idea. He's handling things that he's done in, in various forms already. Yeah, exactly. He's just kind of reconstituting them into something new that's going to make him another $100 million. Uh, all right. Uh, Aaron. Yo. You are the ringleader of a ragtag group of individuals, just two others. Who do you target? Why are you targeting them? What are you trying to steal? And what's the final outcome? Okay, so I, <laughs> I'm the I'm the leader of a ragtag group of criminals. Yep, two others. Who's who's my target? Yep. Why are you targeting them? No, no, I'll, I'll do one by one. Just repeat this with me. Okay, who's my target? My target um, would probably be the uh, whoever whoever it is that that owns the or that owns the rights to host his snack cakes. Oh, okay, <laughs> what was the next? What was the next one? What are you trying to? What are you attempting to to heist? <laughs> When am I attempting to heist the secret formula for Twinkies? And I guess that falls into why you're attempting to heist them as well. Not, not, not like your reason, actually. An unlikely reason. <laughs> the reason I'm trying to hijack the formula for Twinkies is so I can create my rival brand of Twinkies. I have not decided on what that name will be, but I will Twinkies. yell that as... No, I will yell that out as soon as Maxwell yells out his answer. <laughs> Maxwell, sorry, Jose yells out his answer to the previous question as well. And the last question is, what's the end result? The end result... Uh, the end result is that I <clears throat> I eventually give this formula to another company, so I don't have to manage it, but I still want a piece of the uh, the, uh, the prize. This sounds like reverse inception. This sounds like I've thought about this for a while. <laughs> why? Why have you thought about it? Abe, uh, the why doesn't matter. Because <laughs> this is Sparta. That's why. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> so does that mean you're Danny and I can be Rusty? Sure. All right. Okay. Um, Maxwell, mm. what would be the premise of the Michael Bay movie that's shot entirely in slow motion? <laughs> a snail's life. It would be the story of a young woman played by Gina Carano, who I would cast, who is going to take her driving test. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> That's it. That's the movie. <laughs> I can totally see all of that on Vimeo. <laughs> it's weird because I have that exact thing written down as the answer. So, there, I mean, you've, you've obviously crushed it. <laughs> I'm very prescient today. 
All right. I think we've all completed our task of knowing everybody because that is how you play. Know everybody. Yeah. Let's move on now. Now, quickies. Yeah. Each look it out now. We talk about one movie, but there's always lots of movies that are out in theaters right now. So we like to try and get as many perspectives as possible as to all the movies that are out that we've possibly seen during this time. That's why I have a segment called Out Now Quickies. Yeah. Nailed that one. Nailed it. Crushed it. I got it. Orange all crushed right. it? Yeah. Thank you, R.E.M. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> um, Maxwell, do you have any quickies this week? Sure. I'll just talk briefly about this little documentary called Deceptive Practices. Um, it's about Ricky Jay, who's a great magician, and he's also done a lot of film consulting and um, some acting and narrating. Um, it's just a short, brief, but really cool look into his style of magic and some of the work he's done on film. It's super limited release, but um, if you like Ricky Jay or like sleight of hand magic, if it comes to your area, I definitely recommend seeing it. Um, if you don't know who Ricky is, you should look him up. He... Um, all the way back from like Forrest Gump, he designed the the effect for the wheelchair that allowed it to look like oh, Gary Sinise uh, had no legs. All the way to being the magic consultant on The Prestige and The Illusionist. He was on the TV show Deadwood. He's the narrator of Magnolia, so he's done a lot of stuff. Yeah, he, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson seem like good friends. Yeah, they are good friends. And if you go on YouTube, um, I know Ricky did a great HBO special called Ricky and His 52 Assistants. Um, where he does all of his great sleight of hand. So check that out, too. Yeah, Ricky Jay, who I'm a fan of, I want to see this movie. I know he's, he's isn't he credited as, like, the, the the fastest sleight of hand magician in the world right now or something? Well, what it was was he was the he had the Guinness Book of World Records for the fastest throwing of a playing card. He could throw it over 90 miles an hour, but he has recently been beat. And I think that's because Ricky's getting a little older and someone younger who's, a you know, practice through it faster but he, he's some some jim carrey to his secret hey, hey, that's what I exactly was <laughs> exactly <laughs> that exact example yeah. <laughs> what what of marcus's f- favorite movies of the year <laughs> Wonderstone. hey all right cool thank you maxwell jose have you seen any other movies this week uh, I haven't seen anything else in theaters, but I did. Uh, I'm in the middle of finals, but I took a break and I watched the uh, uh, Fat Kid Rules the World on Netflix. Ooh, all right, you guys watch it? I um, love it. it. It's uh, it was I enjoyed it. Um, it, it's like you know indie coming of age story, and it's a uh, what is it Matthew Lillard Lillard's directorial debut, and um, but it's nice. It has like I I, I felt it was pretty. It was, even though, you know, a lot of those indie coming-of-age movies kind of follow the same, like, four or five beats. Yeah. Um, this one just – it just felt not as generic, and it, it was it was good. I'm becoming a big fan of that uh, – oh, I forgot his name. Waisaki is his last name, the, the, the main guy. Hmm. Main actor. Jacob, I think. Jacob? Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Good, good movie. Check it out. It's on Netflix. Great. Abe? I haven't seen anything new, but Veep Season 2 is out. Check that out. Nice, good call. I'm a fan of that show. Um, I, well, any, anyone that uh, follows me in the, in the world of, of film journalism that I do knows that I've been attending the Newport Beach Film Festival since this past Thursday. So I've seen a number of films. Um, let's see, ones that I want to talk about. I'll talk about A Single Shot. This film stars Sam Rockwell, and it's basically a pitch-black, non-comedic version of Fargo in terms of having a character go through Something unfortunate, and things escalate from there, involving a lot of nefarious-type characters and few redeeming ones. 
the movie's very good. It's very well acted. It has a great cast. Sam Rockwell is joined by Jeffrey Wright, uh, Ted Levine, um, William H. Macy. The Fisher Fargo reference right there. Um, <laughs> but the, it's a, uh, uh, for loving Sam Rockwell so much, uh, he, uh, he certainly, he, he really, he's really restrained in this role as opposed to something like The Way Way Back, which I've also seen recently, which is similar to Jose's film, which is also, you know, kind of indie coming of age comedy. He, and he's so, Sam Rockwell's so endearing in that film, so this is kind of the opposite of that. It is a credit to how good of an actor he is that he pulls this Does he up. dance in this movie? That's the thing, there's no dancing. I know, he hasn't been dancing muscle. in his movies lately. I, I, yeah, I would go that far, but, but, because, <laughs> I mean, he even danced in Cowboys and Aliens. I mean, so. <laughs> Did he dance in Seven Psychopaths? Yes. Okay, I didn't see that. Okay. I, I, I withdraw my, I withdraw my remark. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the single shot, I believe that, that's actually closer to coming out than some of the other movies I've seen. Uh, another one I'll mention, um, Isolated. This is a surfing documentary, um, that has kind of a humanitarian twist in where it goes. And I was really surprised by how affecting this movie was in the midst of being, you know, a very, a, a well-shot surfing documentary, which was made before GoPro started to happen. So, you know, it's, it was much more complicated to make, you know, surfing movies than the ease that there is now. Um, it's, and it's about these kind of, these five surfers that go on kind of a trip to find unexplored areas to surf big waves at. And they kind of come across uh, some pol- political turmoil in New Guinea, and things take a turn from there that I found to be really interesting. So hmm. that one's called that one's called Isolated. And there's actually a website for that one, Isolated.tv, for people to learn more about that one because it has a has a good message going on there. I'll put that in the show notes cool. actually. Um, and actually, I'll, I'll make one one last one that I want to reference. This one's called Welcome to the Jungle, and it's a comedy. Um, that stars Adam Brody, Rob Hubel, Kristen Schaal, among other comedic actors, and features John Claude Van Damme in the uh, in a in a comedic turn. One of his first, I would imagine. I can't think of any John Claude Van Damme comedies. Time Cop so Two. Yeah, Time Cop Two. <laughs> Still copping. <laughs> uh, but this movie's about. It's kind of a. It's a. It's like a workplace comedy transported to a exotic island. Like there's a team building exercise. Jean Claude Van Damme's like the leader of this team building exercise, <laughs> like, kind of, and he he brings this group of people over to an island. Things get way out of hand, and the office workers kind of start to resemble this Lord of the Flies type scenario. That's uh, <laughs> it's entertaining. It was an entertaining movie. It's very silly, very kind of predictable in some of its beats, but I I had, I had fun watching this one. So. It's called Welcome to the Jungle. Um, when the song does ironically does not play, so that was a little surprising. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, so those are those are my quickies. All right, let's move on to movie trailer talk. Where each week we each week we discuss some of the latest movie trailers and uh, you know what we thought. And we have two here. The first one I want to talk about is Two Guns. This is a film that stars Denzel Washington and Mark Wahlberg as seemingly buddy <laughs> criminals who turn out to be working. In, what is it like? One's working for what? Like the one's a, DA. One's a special, yeah. One's a special service or special forces agent. Special forces. And, and one's DA. DA. Yeah. And um, <laughs> it's it's the tangling cash of the new generation, <laughs> right, guys? <laughs> but um, it's from the director of Mark Wahlberg's their other action film, Contraband. So I guess they have a good working relationship. But this time they've added Denzel to the mix. With all that said, let's start with Jose. Jose, what did you think of the trailer for Two Guns? Um, I mean, I think it's going to be a movie with people <laughs> in it. Um, I don't, I don't know, guys. Like, I like Marky Mark and I like Denzel, but 
I just don't know, like, why they made this movie. I mean, it looks, it just looks like another buddy cop movie that, and the, the, tw- the twist is so weird, like, within the, you know, that early reveal or whatever, that they're pretending to be cops, or no, they're criminal, they're cops pretending to be criminals who didn't know that the other ones were, like, cops. But yours, and he's a, what? <laughs> yeah, and then, like, they're, and then, Marky Mark wants to hang out with Denzel, but Denzel ain't having it and stuff. <laughs> I don't know. It, it looks, I don't know. I, I'll probably end up seeing it just because I go to the movies a lot, but it's it's not going to be one I rush out and see. And because we have you on our out now contract, we have to see this movie. So. Oh, I see. I thought my contract was all Dwayne Johnson movies. We, yeah, we had to extend it. <laughs> <laughs> That's good to know. <laughs> we like to tell you these things on the time. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, Maxwell. Um, <clears throat> I thought it was a fine trailer, but I was I was sold on seeing the movie when um, Edward James almost popped up, <laughs> um, and that's really all I have to say. Next. Harsh <laughs> <laughs> thoughts on Edward James almost from Maxwell Hedek. Abe. Uh, I think that it's a. Uh... It's an interesting, I guess, funny premise. Mark Wahlberg should do more comedies. Um, Denzel seems like he's having a good time. Uh, some action set pieces that look pretty cool. James Marsden is here, Cyclops himself. And uh, to echo... So, so he'll probably get dumped at the end. It, of the no, he's probably going to get killed like, <laughs> right early on. And, uh, uh, and Edward James almost is there, which is weird because with those four characters, you can kind of see what's going to happen considering that Mark Wahlberg is like, Someone set us up. It's like, okay, well, it's got to be one of these <laughs> these other characters here. So it's probably going to be very, uh, uh, you're probably going to see what's going to be coming down the road like a thousand miles away. But it's probably going to be a fun little romp, if not the worst movie of the summer that's fun. Okay. Um, yeah, I was fairly indifferent to the trailer. I, I saw it weeks ago. I barely remembered it, so I had to watch it again. Um, I do like the idea of Denzel being in, you know, a light heart, a more lighthearted film, just because I mean, who, everyone likes Denzel Washington; he's a good actor. But like, you know, he makes serious films a lot, and you know, it'd be nice, to, nice to see him in something different. Mark Wahlberg, I mean, he's been doing comedies recently, so I mean, you know, it's 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 neat that this is like the year of of The Rock, Bruce Willis, and Mark Wahlberg, apparently, in terms of the number of movies they have being released, but. Uh, <laughs> Oh. I can't say that I'm incredibly excited about the film, but I mean, it, you know, it looks like a could be it could be a decent action comedy. It could be terrible, but regardless, we'll probably talk about it on the show. So. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Two Guns comes out August second. Um, okay, so let's move on to our next film. This is the new film from Sofia Coppola called The Bling Ring. Um, it stars Emma Watson, right? Emma Watson. Emma. Yeah. Sometimes I say Emily Watson. I'm like, that's not right. Emily Watson uh, is, yeah, much older. Is the uh, the older English actress. <laughs> Emma Watson of Hermione Granger fame. Um, as one of many, I guess, spoiled teens that get into some trouble when they break it from, based on this new trailer, break into Paris Hilton's house, steal a bunch of things, go clubbing, and start to, I don't know, start some kind of weird shoplifting revolution and they get popular. I don't know. But it hard to describe, though I though I am intrigued. It's Spring Breakers in New York, apparently. So LA. LA sorry, LA. Yeah, my bad. Get it right. Sorry. My bad. <laughs> I just traveled up the coast. Don't infringe on Maxwell's territory with that stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> well with that said, Maxwell, what did you think of the trailer? 
I'm super into this um, this trailer and this movie for a myriad of reasons. First of all, I tend to like the work of Sofia Coppola very much, even her films that others didn't seem to like. I enjoy her style and her aesthetic a lot. Um, I think Emma Watson, especially in this new trailer, looks kind of hilarious and subversive in this movie. Plus, um, you know, it's based on a true story, which is a really screwed up and funny true story. So I can't help but feel that this movie will make a good part of a triple feature alongside Spring Breakers and uh, this week's Out Now movie, Pain and Gain. Hmm. Is that it? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I pretty much agree with Maxwell. Um, I, 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 for some reason, I, I, I mean, in the middle of the trailer, I was just like, I'm in. Yeah, it looks, it looks fun. It looks interesting. I feel like, uh, we'll, we might also get a, a reaction similar to, uh, to Spring Breakers where people are, are, are like, oh, that's not exactly the movie I thought I was going to watch just because it's, it's, it is Sofia Coppola. Um, but it looks, it looks fun. And, uh, yeah, Emma Watson is doing stuff. And she looks hilarious. The entire thing looks pretty funny. Um, and yeah, it's another based on a true story movie that I think that I, I remember hearing about this when, when this, uh, this happened. All these teenagers are going around like stealing, just breaking into like celebrities' houses and stealing stuff from them, which I find pretty funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just, just, uh, one of yeah, those things. <laughs> it looks fun. Oh no, they're in a name does not condone shoplifting <laughs> or trespassing. Well, <laughs> I love that the, the targets are in the movie playing themselves. Yeah. yeah. I think that's that's, a, that's like, I'm curious about how that plays out. Yeah, no, it looks fun. It really does, and I I enjoy Emma Watson. I liked her in Burks and some of the other stuff she's done since Harry Potter. Yeah. Abe? Kind of indifferent to this trailer, um, primarily because I'm indifferent to the story. Uh, being Asian, it's hard for me to really, you know, understand where all these rich kids from Calabasas would, you know, not be studying math and for their SATs to get into college. So <laughs> I totally don't understand the premise because... I wouldn't want to watch a bunch of rich white kids run around in celebrities' homes, steal a bunch of stuff, and then drive like their Audis to school the next day. It doesn't make any sense to me. So hey, you're Asian? <laughs> no, man. I, I can't believe you didn't know that, Aaron. I we, we've been friends for like a decade. <laughs> but yeah, I'm really indifferent to this story because the 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 information that it's based on, I was just like, whatever. All right. Um. I, uh, is, you know, as long as the movie doesn't start with Emma Watson driving around in circles for five minutes, I'll be fine. What? Um, that's a somewhere reference. A movie I did actually like, although it was getting a little, try- it was trying my patience. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sophia, Sophia Coppola films I generally tend to enjoy as well. Um, I imagine the soundtrack will be quite good. Um, and the, the premise I, I am, I have an interest in it, mainly because I've been enjoying these, based between Spring Breakers and Pain and Gain, I've been enjoying these kind of, weird takes on how to achieve success and fame in America. So I, I'm nice. I'd be happy to see this as a, a completion of, of that trilogy for this year, unless there's another movie I don't even know about. It's coming. Yeah. Like, I don't know, Percy Jackson, Sea of Monsters. I'm sure that has some biting American dream themes in there too. But, um, but no, the bling ring, I, I, I do like Emma Watson. I, I mean, she was one of the stronger aspects of the Harry Potter franchise beyond, you know, the, the cavalcade of English stars that starred as the various uh, professors of the dark arts, but um, they're all professors the, uh, of the dark arts. 
<laughs> the, the most important uh, ones. Um, just the ones that die. Yeah. Spoiler. But, yeah. <laughs> but between, I mean, between that and yeah, perks of being a wallflower, I, you know, I've, I've been impressed by her. So I'm, I'm curious to see her in a role like this and how that plays out. And just in general, I think the uh, movie has some strong potential that I'm curious to see. So, uh, the bling ring enters into theaters, uh, Probably, lim- I assume, in re- limited release in June, and we'll you know spread wider from there. So we'll see how much of a su- success that film is. Okay, so let's let's move on. Woo! Let's get into it. Let's get in Bay style. So we'll just talk in slow motion for some reason, then speed up and look very good along the way. Let's talk about it. Let's get into our film review for Pain and Gain. I'm a self-made man. I made a lot of money. Maybe yourself ought to spend some of it on a salad. You know who invented salad? Poor people. What's going on, D.L.? Hey, but just get tired of being where you are, Adrian. No. I kind of like it here. I mean, the weight's a new I mean, life, man. When's the last time you paid your rent when it was due? I got a plan to change that. Where'd you do your time, pal? Up north. How you fixed for a job now? You just can't kidnap a guy and take his things. That's so illegal. I'm sure we can. Victor Kershaw is a criminal prick who deserves bad stuff to happen to him. We go through with this. Nobody gets hurt, right? <laughs> oh, man. We snatch him. There he is. We grab him. Signs a few signatures. We give him a protein shake. You don't even know what happened. I watched a lot of movies, Paul. I know what I'm doing. All right, so that should have been some of the trailer for Pain and Gain. This is the new film from Michael Bay based off a true story, which stars Mark Wahlberg, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Anthony Mackie as three bodybuilders who hatch a kidnapping scheme to take uh, the band played by Tony Jaloup, who is apparently just just wealthy beyond capacity and deserves to be taken for all he's got. Um, so the three hatch a scheme that is eventually pulled off. They take his money to live the life of a stolen American dream, only to have things become way more dark and complicated as they require more funds to continue their habits. There's lots going on in this, in this very true story, which I have read and is <laughs> much, even more complicated than the film is. Maxwell Hidat, what did you think of Pain and Gain? Uh, okay. Let me first start out by saying that I think it is a really interesting and funny story. The articles that the film is based on are crazy, and it was certainly ripe for um, film adaptation, particularly if one were to approach it with a satirical bent, as Pain and Gain attempts to do. And I will also say that I think in this movie, The Rock sort of enters the next level of his work as a film actor because he is just absolutely hilarious. He hits all of the beats and the the changes that his character goes through perfectly. I was rolling on the floor with pretty much everything he said. I think he was awesome. But in order to successfully make a smart movie about dumb people, you have to be a smart filmmaker. And keeping in mind that I am not one of those, ugh, I hate Michael Bay, he's the worst filmmaker alive, I hated this movie. I thought it was incredibly long, incredibly obvious, and just missed everything it was trying to set out to do. By the hour and 40-minute mark, I was, I, like, shut off, I was ready to go. I think it just completely missed the mark and didn't capture what could have been great about this story. Um 
Yeah. Jose? Um, I, I think I enjoyed it, uh, a little bit more than Maxwell did. Um, I, I, I agree with kind of the, the way you introduced it, that this is a concept that, um, this is a crazy story that really would lend itself really well to, to be in a film. And, uh, I, I do agree that the satirical bent would, is probably the best way to do it. And I don't think he fails as, as hard as you, you thought. Um, I think there's, there's a lot of stuff that works in here, but it's, it's hampered by the, the sort of things that you always complain, uh, well, not you, I, I don't mean like you, you, that people kind of tend to complain about Michael Bay. I mean, there's, there's little things that, uh, I, you, cause you, you'd want to laugh at these characters, right? Not necessarily laugh with them. And, um, for the most part, I think it works, but there, there are just some, some problems with it. It's, it's really long. I had, I had no idea how long it was going into it. And I mean, there's a, I think the, the third act turn, when that, when that happened, I was like, oh, whoa, we still have like a significant portion of this movie left. And I was already kind of eh, starting to almost be done with it at that point. But I think what, what works is, I mean, Bay always has a really good style. And this is a, a great looking movie. He does some interesting things with uh, some of the handheld shots that he does and, and stuff. And I enjoyed that. And I agree with you that The Rock kills it in this movie. Uh, He's just, oh man, he, he, he would open his mouth and the entire theater would laugh. <laughs> and, um, I mean, the, I think the thing that I enjoyed the most about this movie is that there, there are, I mean, The Rock wasn't the only thing that made me laugh. There were other moments of the film that I found genuinely funny that at the same time made me go, why am I laughing at this? Like, this is some horrible stuff going on right now yeah. on screen, right? And so in, in that regard, I guess, I think it works, um, for the most part as like a dark comedy, especially when something really major happens about three quarters of the way into the movie or maybe four fifths. Mm -hmm. And, um, it, it takes this really, really dark turn. Um, and I think that's when you kind of start to realize like, why have I been laughing at all this stuff that these guys have been doing that really is just terrible things. Like they're terrible human beings for the most part. Are you, are you referring to a part where the title of the card needs to come up and repeat that it's still based on a true story? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Exactly. and also like you know just the home Maybe gym incident before before that yeah, happens. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I know. Yeah, I brought yeah, okay. yeah, and so when it, when it takes that turn, I think I, that's why I do think it was a little bit successful because I really sat back and I was like, man, I don't know why I was laughing at all this stuff because really I should just be here and be like horrified. Um, but you know, with all that, for the most part, I I, I enjoyed it and I had fun, you know, with like three quarters of it. And then felt bad about that. And then, yeah, but I, I think I think you should definitely go on and, and watch this movie. I appreciate you not delving into too much too many spoilers. <laughs> it, it's a tricky, it's a tricky, it's a tricky thing to do. Yeah, Abe, your thoughts? Um, I am kind of like in between there too. I, I think that technically speaking and production wise, there were some really cool things about this movie. Um, you know, typical Michael Bay things obviously ensued in such as like a lot of slow motion and a lot of like not so many wide shots, I would say. But um, just the way that they were able to weave, uh, you know, narration of different characters into this, I felt as though it kind of made the, the movie more complete in terms of uh, you didn't have to go through several uh, scenes of backstory. You could just hear Ed Harris just narrate a few lines of uh, dialogue and you get a, per a sense of who this person is. Um, same thing with uh, Anthony Mackie, The Rock, um, even the stupid Russian girl. Uh, 
But I agree with Maxwell in, in that it's, uh, it's a movie that is, it's okay. It's not great. And then I also agree with Jose in terms of this is a really dark story. These guys are just a bunch of idiots that are really doing some terrible things. And, and yeah, it's just filmed in a funny way. But when you step back and think about it, this is pretty horrific stuff. Uh, I don't know if I, I, I didn't feel like it was inappropriate to laugh at a few scenes here and there, but for the most part, it's just like, if you're trying to, if, if your psyche is telling you that you should live the American dream and just take it from some, someone else's hard work, that in itself is probably not the right message you wanted to come across. But again, technically speaking and just production wise, it was pretty neat, pretty cool. Um, but the story itself was just it's very like, yeah, not very good. And I do agree with the time limit. I think that there was a scene in which, uh, you know, there was like a wedding. I was like, oh, this must be the climax of the film. And then there's way more movie after that. I can agree that the movie is is long. And I would almost attribute that to more of Michael Bay's style rather than the actual story. Because there's so much going on that it needs to it needs to go through so many different aspects. Because true. Because it's all it's all true. The um, yeah. but if you're able to if you're able to tone down some of you know the slow motion and some of the excess that Michael Bay adds to the film based on you know using his directorial abilities, the movie probably would have been shorter. There's probably you know a 140 minute movie within this two hour movie that's like absolutely fantastic. Maybe not absolutely fantastic, but better. Um, that said, I dug this movie. I I was looking forward to it. I did look. I was looking forward to the idea of Michael Bay taking a step back from giant robot movies and <laughs> you know making something that was more not necessarily personal, but more um, just smaller scale for from a man who I know can be is very talented. I mean, as much as it's fun to get a make fun of Michael Bay's style, and he has become you know. For, for all the success he has and, you know, the fact that he's able to make movies on his own terms because that's how he wants to do it, he is kind of the punching bag of, you know, the, of the blockbuster directorial community along with him and, like, Roland Emmerich, maybe. The, uh, but, so seeing him, you know, take a, take a stab at making a movie that he, like, really wants to make, like, he, I know he's read this story, he's wanted to make the movie for years, and he's finally doing it, like, I was intrigued by that, and I would say it's much darker than I expected it to be. And yeah. you, you almost wouldn't, like, in the, the screening I saw it with, I don't think the, the audience kind of, the, the, the regular audience that I saw this movie with, they, they would not know that, and I can, I can see that in the marketing. The movie makes it, you know, look like a fun, a fun jaunt with the, with the rock and Mark Wahlberg, but it's a, but, and when I saw it, the rating wasn't released yet, so you, but the marketing wouldn't convey that it's necessarily an R-rated film. But this movie's very R-rated, and not just because, you know, they swear and stuff. It's because the material is really dark, and it gets to some heavy issues. And that's where Michael Bay's kind of style clashes with this movie. At the same time that I think it's a very good-looking movie in, in the very shots that he has and the way he films Miami and the way that he that Michael Bay knows how to do, he, he has this, this, this bad quality where he... He wants to bring what he thinks is what I assume he thinks is his like hilarious sense of humor to the movie that's already inherently funny on a dark level. So like amidst the the story beats that you're getting that are you know funny in themselves because they actually happen and they're weird, such as a death scene that does not happen the way uh, an attempted murder scene that does not carry through the way that the intended <laughs> murderers want to have it happen. You also have, you know, something like Ken Jeong's role entirely or just random yeah. more juvenile humor that seems like Michael Bay like thought of this on the day or thought of like casting Ken Jeong for this role exclusively just because 
he thinks it's absolutely hilarious that he that that that's in this movie as opposed to thinking that the movie itself is already funny like he's adding on an additional layer that just doesn't work. Yes. it distracts it's it's very distracting and i wouldn't say i wouldn't say the tone is imbalanced that's not something i would say because i feel like the movie's very consistent in what it's presenting i just think it has just random bits that just don't work at all and that's what holds it back for me i will say that the actors i think are having a lot of fun here the rock is obviously the the highlight of this movie uh, Wahlberg is he's pl- he's playing up that kind of that that earnest comedic sensibilities that he that he has in his films and in comedic in his comedy films in general, which I always enjoy more than him being you know tough Wahlberg guy. And then Anthony Mackie's just having a lot of fun here as the bold <laughs> version of Anthony Mackie. <laughs> like it's the, the, those three are they're they're terrible people, but and it's 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 a credit to their chariz- charisma as actors that I was I was happy to follow them even though i hated who they were but yeah they're they're doing some very dark things i'll open it up now because i don't want to keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> yes. you brought up um aaron two points that i want to uh, kind of extrapolate on the first the ken jeong issue is one i had as well um just as it was in transformers dark of the moon <laughs> yeah, well, I think, yeah i think that was a, a more egregious account but you know, I was on Twitter last night and someone linked to a YouTube video um, that was an infomercial of the real Johnny Wu. Was it, it was um, Tony Wu or something like that? Tony Wu, yeah. yeah. It's a different name, but that guy was even more obnoxious and ridiculous than Ken is in this movie. So <laughs> while I don't think that excuses his inc- the way he's used in the movie, it still you know, became somewhat clear to me that it wasn't, you know, a gross exaggeration just to tickle Michael Bay's own particular comedic fetishes. Um, but what I want to also say is that you were talking about Michael Bay's style and how he's kind of a punching bag. And I agree, he is a punching bag. And I would even go so far to say is I do think he's a talented filmmaker because he has a great control over these giant productions and he shoots some really attractive stuff. And he has a distinct style. But to me, the mark of a great filmmaker is one who knows when a certain style is appropriate for the story they're telling and when they need to exhibit some restraint. And I think this movie showed to me that even though Michael Bay can use a camera and can swing it around through little holes in the door and can use a slow motion and funny title cards, none of it connected to me in this story and like you were saying, the material itself was ridiculous and, and, and funny and interesting enough that if he had, you know, toned down all of his, his extra nonsense, I think it would have been a much stronger movie. I, I will say that I, I, I agree with, with a lot of that. Like it's, Having it, having the camera swing through the hole akin to something like the Bad Boys Two scene, yeah. and I love, it, I like, love that it, scene in Bad Boys Two because it, it, it yeah, works it, for that scene. It does. It works when he, he. This movie does have. He does bring a lot of kind of. He films some scenes like an action movie, and this is not an action movie. And he filmed, and so the film doesn't necessarily benefit from those things. But I would say that some of his his more excessive qualities as a filmmaker kind kind of reflect some of the themes involving kind of taking and stealing the American dream. I think it. The fact that this movie has this excessive glossy sheen to it, like it looks like a, like his other films, like a like a car lingerie commercial. Yeah. Like, yeah, remember, remember, all, remember, remember all those car lingerie commercials you see? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, Transformers. I, I, yeah. yeah, but but I do think that 
that while I wouldn't say he's necessarily parodying himself in the same way that I think kind of Transformers, the first Transformers almost seems like he's parodying himself. I think that his, his use of that kind of filmmaking, aside from more the action-y type versions of scenes, I think that having the excessive gloss, the title cards, the use of voiceover, I, it's, it's like over the top in a way that fits what this movie is trying to accomplish. I don't, I, I don't think he's necessarily a, not a smart, but like a, a, um, a filmmaker that's solid enough in trying to handle this type of story that he knows how, how to know when to say when, which is what you, what you were saying. But I do think that he, at, by applying this style, it, it, it in some ways benefits what story he's trying to tell. I just don't think he has the best handle of how to do that exactly. You know, and to Maxwell's point about, uh, you know, well, you're Maxwell and Aaron, you know, you guys have all these side characters. If he had, cut some of that excess out. I think it would have been a tighter story. Um, especially like Rebel Wilson's character. You don't really need that character, and you don't really need uh, Johnny Woo in this movie at all. Um, it just felt as though it was kind of there just to, to, I guess, show some more backstory to these characters and what some of their motivations are. Um, but it, it's really excessive, and that really adds to the, the running time total and kind of hurts the movie in, in a very bad way. Um, but in terms of the the voiceover narration, I kind of felt as though, for storytelling's sake, it worked for me. Um, it may have been taken away from some other points at hand, um, but it was okay. Uh, also, that weird Ed Harris thing, it's just... Ed Harris plays a more significant role than I thought he was going to. Um, and it's a little bit longer, too, because you kind of delve into like his story with his wife and etc. It's kind of just long as well so well that's something i enjoy because if you didn't have that if the movie would just be unlikable completely. oh yeah, yeah no i mean you I, have no one to relate to at all i totally i totally dug ed harris's character in here as, as kind of like the more serious tone of the movie and kind of taking you back to reality this was all weird and stuff and they have to remind you of the title card that this is still a true story but then ed harris's character is like dude these guys are like they're murderers and if you don't stop them now they're gonna murder somebody again and at that point, you're kind of not really laughing with the movie anymore. You're kind of just kind of like, oh, wow, this is really serious. I wonder how this is going to play out. But, I mean, overall, it's just Michael Bay's excess is really what hurts this movie. It is. It's the, it's the, it's the, it's not necessarily the best thing, but it's kind of the best thing and the worst thing about this movie is that he, he's trying to do something different and I applaud him for that. I'm happy that he's able to make this movie finally. I just wish he knew how to make this movie better. Yeah. I mean, you, you guys have spoken to it and I think the keyword is excess. And like Aaron said, for, for the most part, it, it fits so well, especially because I mean, the, these guys have this, uh, specifically, uh, Mark and Mark's character. He has this like twisted version of, of of the American dream in his head, and which is like kind of all about excess without putting in much of the work. And for the for the most part, Michael Bay's style fits just right. But there are those moments, like you said, Aaron, where he really needed to dial it back, and that would have served the the, the movie much better than you know than, than the way he 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 did it. He just He's so close. Like I, I honestly think he was so close to having this, just just knocking it out of the park on this one. Hmm. What do you guys think of some of the side characters, like Tony Shalhoub, like acting wise, or or you know? I think I think Tony Shalhoub, I would I I think Tony Shalhoub is very good in a film that makes him be completely unlikable. Yet <laughs> you you you're you're challenged by the fact that he is being tortured, and 
it's it's a very hard thing to do, which is why something like the because the movie like people that don't Michael Bay's a, he's clearly a big fan of like Coen Brothers and Tarantino films, and that's what he's trying to do here. He's trying to make a film about just oh, these yeah. kind of idiot characters yeah. that are going through these complex crimes, and he's obviously not reaching that height because you know he's just he's not he's not the Coen Brothers, he's not Quentin Tarantino, but having people like Tony Shalhoub, who's you know just He's such a he's this weird character that you you want to like not like at all, but you're like, well, he's being like tortured. Like it's it's a credit to Tony Shalhoub's skill, I think, that he's able to make that work so well. Uh, Ed Harris, I, I mean, he's great in everything. I love Ed yeah, Harris. Yeah. Uh, Rebel Rebel Wilson, I actually did enjoy in this movie. Yeah, it, yeah, I, I I enjoyed her in this movie. Uh, Rob Rob Cordry's oh, yeah. small part oh, in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And who whose character in the in the actual have, who's read the actual story? Have anyone has anyone read the I, articles? I, 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 Which is quite an endeavor, right? Because that's there's yeah, like, it's like it's a three long. part it's a it's a three part uh, article series that's they're all like they're all over ten internet pages plus. It, t- it took me it t- takes quite a while to kind of read through, and, but. Like Rod Cordy's character, who's like the the gym manager in the in the film, he um, he has he's a lot more to do in that story than he does in this. Story. And you know, a lot of the characters are like the Rock's character is like two com- characters combined. It seems, mm. um, and the, so you know, it's a it's almost a, it's a credit to the screenwriters who were responsible for a lot of the um, he's they're responsible for like Thor and Captain America, um, as well as the Narnia films. Like I, it's very messy at times, but I. I like how they're able to constrict, confine a lot of what actually happened to like a, a story. I do think it's. I'd be curious how that script looks without Michael Bay's style attached to it, and whether or not other another more talented director, like the Coen Brothers, for example, could have made this movie work. I certainly think that if that were the case, it would have been a far better movie. Uh, but they, they they probably wouldn't have marketed it as oh, join Mark Wahlberg, Dwayne Johnson, and Anthony Mackie on like their fun loving adventures in Miami. Like, Probably would never never have been that you know large in terms of uh, marketing, and it probably would have been a much smaller scope film, uh, probably more. In the thing is, feel. I feel like it would have been so much more subdued, and and it just uh, for like half the movie, I think you really needed Michael Bay to shoot like half this movie, and then he should have just walked off, and then had the Coen Brothers come in and do like the other half or something like that. Interesting. That would be an interesting collaboration. So yes. So certainly, certainly much darker than I was expecting. I want to emphasize this more. Yeah. It's very dark. Yeah. yeah. I did like, like the voiceover though. I thanks, Maxwell. Me too. Jump in on that before. I like the shifting perspectives, and I think it brought some really funny stuff. Like, um, I don't, you know, want to give too much away, but there's one point where it jumps to The Rock's narration, and he says. I don't, I honestly don't understand how he keeps coming up with this stuff. <laughs> like, it's brilliant. Yeah. It's, it's a hilarious line, delivered perfectly, and gives all the insight into that character you need. So little things like that, you know, yeah. the voiceover. I'm not a, usually a big proponent for it, but I don't feel like it was used to tell the story, but rather to enhance the characters, which is why I didn't mind it. I, and I, I do like that everybody was get literally everyone was getting the voiceover in this movie. Even I expect- the, 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 the um, Eastern European stripper character was given a. I was expecting the dogs to start having. Voice. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I cannot emphasize how great The Rock is in this movie. He's such a it's such oh, a great yeah. character for him to play, where he he messes with his image in a way that you would like instead of like instead of downplaying the idea like that you know he's some kind of like this 
macho tough guy with a heart of gold or something. He's this like super ginormous, like, uh, muscled out guy who was like, who went to jail. Now he's a born again Christian. Yeah, he's born. Yeah. And then, and has been tempted by the, the role of how money and drugs play into his, his life. It's just such a, yeah. I mean, it's such a wild uh, character. Tampa PD, brother. It's okay. In that case, I need to see badges. We're uh, retired off the uh, off the job, and now we're doing security for a uh, for a rock group called uh, Striper. Okay. <laughs> Never again will an oppressor overrun my people, but now I am keeping watch. That's the gospel. <laughs> and people say Christian rock sucks. This is that. I got a kind of a. I don't know if it's like kind of like uh, is his name Lenny from Of Mice and Men kind of vibe. Yeah. Uh, just like a, a big gentle giant, you know, who he really doesn't want to do anything bad, but then he like can't hold back sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, really, just to echo that point, I mean, everyone has made it. The Rock is fantastic in this movie. It really brought me to really see that The Rock is really working hard at his craft, and I really appreciate that about him. And that's something that you can't really. Say for some of these guys who are pro wrestlers turned actors, um, The Rock has worked really hard. I really think that he deserves his moment to shine. If you give him the right material, I think that he'd be fantastic with it. You know, he has like this range of emotion, like what Maxwell had said, and he cokes out and he even cries at some points. And you're like, whoa, where is all this coming from? It's like he's really changed since the game plan or something like that. <laughs> Well, I think he's made a lot of just good decisions in his career. Not whether or not the films are good, Tooth Fairy. I mean, it's he, he, he's done a good he's done a good job of carving an image where he he's relying on his char- his charisma to sell parts and not just the fact that he's you know a big guy. Yeah. Like he started he's you know he started out with well, the Mummy doesn't really count the Scorpion King. The those Scorpion are, King, yeah, right. Those are like, hey, I'm a wrestler. That's well, it's like, hey, I'm big and buff and put me in exactly. But then you know he does something like The Rundown, which is it's a very good movie. He's great in that movie, and not just because he's you know strong, it's because he has very he's good comedic chops and he's a likable person yeah. and then he does a lot of dis- disney and you know family friendly films and i think that's to its credit regardless of the quality of that film he does a he's he's managed to make that persona kind of aware for you know a, yeah. a vast a, a vast audience and now he's and you know now he's settled back into doing kind of actiony stuff with gi joe and, yeah yeah well that's and fast five and fast, fast five and fast six and coming fast out six, so it's maybe fast seven it's a well, yeah. yeah and so it's it's nice that he's you know he has this kind of this bank of charm that he can rely on to do to play in film roles and not just bank on the fact that he's a, a tough guy. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. just to uh, emphasize the point of, like, if you give him the right material, because I feel as though this is more so the right material. I mean, it was written well, and it's basically, like, hey, you know, directed, I guess, well. Um, but we just recently saw G.I. Joe Retaliation, and it, he was good in that movie. It just that the script was just like, hey, let's just have a bunch of action sequences. Yeah. Whereas this one is like, hey, you know what? You're actually going to have some action sequences, and I really need you to emote, like, your meltdown with drugs. And he just knocks it out of the park. And it's, it's like, yeah, if you give him the right material written in a, in a I guess, a, above average standard, I think that The Rock is going to be awesome. Like, if he did a dark comedy or if he just did a dark movie where he was, like, a troubled serial killer or something like that, I'd be like, dude, like, yeah, like, The Rock, put him in anything. He's going to be great. Yeah, between this and, uh, did you guys watch, watch, uh, Snitch? I have not seen Snitch yet. I haven't. He was good in that, and he has, like, he plays like a family man, and there's, I mean, he's like a big guy, right? But in that movie, he's just like a regular dad, and he totally sells it. Like, 
there's a point where he gets like mugged or something, and I I totally bought it, even though he's this like gigantic dude. Mm. He was uh, like and, the the Gridiron Gang. I really enjoyed him in. Like, yeah, he, he's a good actor. Yes, yes. yeah, he's <laughs> hilarious. Like I, that line where he's just like, "Did you get the code?" <laughs> I'm, I'm really like, laughing. Yeah, he's just sitting there with like a piece of paper and a pen. It's like he asked it twice. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was interesting that Michael Bay said the reason he chose The Rock for this movie was because of Be Cool. I could I could see that. I mean, given that Michael Bay's, you know, he's wanted to do the story for quite some time. That movie came out around the time that he was doing the first Transformers movie. And, you know, I could I could see him watching The Rock in that part, where which is not a good movie, but I mean The Rock that that, that was maybe like one of the first times that The Rock showed kind of a different side of himself playing a I believe it was a a gay Samoan actor. Is that <laughs> Yeah, trying yeah. try on the rise to success, attempting to be, <laughs> and that was you know he's he's expressing a lot of kind of satirical range. He's not afraid to go silly, which yeah, I feel like a lot of other tough guys would not be so willing to go to do that. True. I guess Arnold tried it in uh you know Twins and also. No, Arnold. Arnold was, very much tried to do it. Yeah, he's he's yeah, succeeded but, very much. So you know, Van Dam. Oh, Van Dam. Yeah. yeah. Or Stallone even really never went that silly. Yeah, it's yeah. It after, after after the comedic masterpiece, well, no, stopper, my mom will shoot. We, oh. you know, we kind of... <laughs> not intentionally, at least. I mean, Judge Dredd is pretty darn silly. Or <laughs> <laughs> commentary. <laughs> That's true. Spaghetti robots. Yeah. All right, I think we I think we've talked about painting game quite so, or maybe maybe a rock. Let's get. <laughs> Let's get to our, our rating for the film. Beast Week went out now, Baron and Abe. We try, to ba- we try to rate films based on when you should go and see them. And we have a scale that goes from IMAX to theater to dollar theater, Netflix, HBO, TV, or just kind of forget about it. On that scale, Maxwell, where would you put pain and gain? Um, I guess I would say watch it on HBO just because if you were to watch it on TV, all the good bits would be edited out. <laughs> uh, Jose? Um, dollar theater? Um, go watch it. The strong performances from the cast, the Script is a little messy, but hilarious, and I think it's a, I think it's mostly enjoyable. Abe? I'd say Netflix, uh, something that you can probably just put in your queue, and if it shows up, you might have a good time with it, but otherwise you wouldn't feel bad about uh, having just the next DVD coming up soon. I would say Dollar Theater as well, as like turns a general grade, just because the film is a lot, it's a lot darker than, I, than you would expect, and the film is kind of messy, but I do think there's a lot of good things in it that you can enjoy about it and i'll emphasize that more in my callbacks speaking of which let's get to movie callback 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 each week each week and out now apparently we try to talk about other films that we might have thought of during or after the film that we watched for this you know podcast review abe what callbacks do you have uh i thought about the big hit also with mark Wahlberg. The Big Hit is one of my favorite movies. Because <laughs> there's, there's a scene where he has to like early on in the movie where he's got to like dismember like somebody he just hit had a hit on. He's like, yeah, I guess that he learned from that. Um, Horrible Bosses, uh, Training Day, American Psycho. If it was not as cool, um, and Killing Them Softly. Hmm. Excellent. Um, the movies I most thought of, one which is very obvious, is Bad Boys 2, and the other would be Burn After Reading. Hmm. Hmm. Was it? Um, I went Bad Boys, actually, and uh, Fargo, so very similar, and um, 
of Mice and Men, even though uh, is there a movie? I, I was, yeah, I, yeah, I, there is. Gary Sinise and John Malkovich. Malkovich. I shall go watch that at some point. But yeah, yeah, those are the I guess the three. Um, yeah, you guys mentioned the ones that I was thinking of. Pulp Fiction also came to mind. Tony Scott's Domino is the largest comparison that I can make to this movie, which is also based oh, yeah, on a very, yeah. it's a very messy, true story based type film. And with, with Tony Scott's excessive style kind of going way, in a similar way, you know, echoing kind of the themes of the film, but at the same time being a distraction. I should, that said, I should I really, have mentioned some Tony Scott stuff as well. <laughs> That said, I really like Domino, and for for its messiness, and that's kind of the reason I like Painting Game as well. Primarily because of the, uh, the some of the filters that Michael Bay uses and the freeze frame motion. It's like, oh, boom! It's like, oh yeah, I guess that'll ramp it. Yeah. All right, let's go over the box office. Each week, and out now, Friday we try to go over the box office totals for the week and find out if our previous predictions were anywhere near what may have occurred. Abe, do you remember your prediction from last week? I went big. I think I said thirty-three. First, you did. You said first place 33. Jordan Grout said first place of 27 million. Mark Hoban said second place of 18 million. I said second place of 20 million. I was so close <laughs> because I nailed the number. It is 20 million, but it's in first place of 20 million. Boom. <laughs> Oblivion did not repeat, do a repeat at the box office and managed to get second place of 17 million. Painting Gain hit first of 20. Mm. For, um, so. I get, well, who wins? No one wins. No one wins, because <laughs> it's no not the right place and not the right number. Well, I guess the right number, not the right place. Yeah, but uh, so that's a little unfortunate. 42, still making money, which I think is quite fortunate, actually. I'm what's that, what's that, that at it's now? At, it's at $69 million. Oh, okay. I made $10 million this weekend. It's not. It's having it, – it's steadily declining as opposed to rapidly dropping out of the box. Mm-hmm. It's still in third place, so good, good on you, people, for seeing Jackie Robinson movie. <laughs> Uh, the Big Wedding, which I'm sure was probably a comedic masterpiece starring Diane Keaton, Robert De Niro, and Catherine Heigl. Uh, that, that was in fourth place at 7.5. 7% on the tomato meter. If Catherine Heigl weren't in that movie, I... 7% of the people didn't think it was good, while everyone else thought that was amazing? <laughs> is, that your, is that how it works? That, I forget uh, how it works. The other way around. Oh, okay. Um, let's see what else. Bud! Oh. Um, but but is the new movie from Jeff Nichols starring Matthew, Matthew Conaghy. Conaghy. Jeff Nichols made the film Take Shelter and Shotgun Stories, movies that I really enjoy, and I'm really anticipating seeing Mud. Uh, Mud got to number it debuted this weekend in only a few hundred screens and still made its way to 11th place. Mm. Um, so I, I, I have I've had no time this week, but I really want to see Mud. So and uh, yeah, that's box office. What uh, what time is it? Oh, Aaron, do you think it's time for some games? That was painful and gainful. Well, thank you, Abe, and that's very fitting because the game I have made today is called Pain or Gain. Uh-oh. Hmm. I have a number of... Okay, I, basically, I'm going to read a statement. It'll be either gain-related or pain-related, and they will apply to one actor's film. You have to name what the film okay. is. Okay, okay, good, because I thought you yeah. meant like gain in terms of the lunge detergent, and I was like, I can't figure that one out. Actually, everyone involving gain does involve them doing laundry. Oh, it does not. That's not true at all. <laughs> um, okay, so here's the here's the first one. Gain. This Mark Wahlberg film found him dealing with a funky bunch of Irish mobsters from within an office. What is the Departed? The Departed is the correct oh, answer, Maxwell. And you answered in the form of a question. That's double the points. 
pain. I've been practicing for Jeopardy my whole life, so it's just <laughs> pain. This Wahlberg film found there to be far less action and slow motion than one would expect, given its origins. Oh, what is Max Payne? Max Payne is the correct answer. Uh. A board. <laughs> Gain. The Rock may have gained muscle mass, but probably lost a lot of weight based on the amount of sweating he did in this film. Fast Five. Fast Five is the correct answer. <laughs> we have a tie game. Oh. <laughs> Payne. The Rock uses known something known as the big effing gun and misses. <laughs> what is Doom? Doom is the correct answer. Abe, you're on the board again. Gain. Anthony Mackie is fed up with Hawkeye's antics. What is the Hurt Locker? The Hurt Locker oh, yeah. is the correct answer. Oh. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Pain. Anthony Mackie is fed up with the Great Emancipator's antics. Uh. Uh. Man. Oh. I do not know my is, Anthony Mackie filmography. What is Half Nelson? Incorrect, Abe. You cannot answer again. Anthony Mackie is fed up with the Great Emancipator's antics. Oh. What is Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter? Abraham Lincoln Vampire Damn Hunter it. is the was, answer. That's... <laughs> yeah, he was right. a sidekick. I was thinking to myself, wait, he's not in Lincoln. He's not in Lincoln, <laughs> but he is in Lincoln. <laughs> I, kept, I kept thinking Lincoln. <laughs> I almost Gain. said that too. Gain, Ed Harris does all he can as the director from Up in the Sky. What is the Truman Show? The Truman Show. Ah. Show. Correct answer, Max. That's running away. Pain, Ed Harris does all he can to forget what he has... Forget that he was the football coach in this Gooding Jr. classic. What is radio? Radio. Is the <laughs> Gain. Michael Bay welcome many to his this fun-filled landmass. What is the island? Rock. The Rock oh. is the correct answer. What a good movie! I watched it the other day. It still holds up. I can't wait to watch. I've been wanting. I just had no time. I've been wanting to watch Bad Boys and The Rock and Bad Boys Two to complete my. Bad Boys Two needs to come out on Blu-ray. I right. I hope it's on Netflix on instant and HD because that's the only way I can watch. <laughs> Michael Bay needs to do The Rock Two, starring The Rock. Mine's been blown. Just, guys. just to be clear, my, Nicholas Cage really needs the money, so he would do that. Yeah, Nicholas Cage really does. Yeah, need the Cage. Money. Sean Connery, I'm sure, would come out of retirement just to work with Mike. <laughs> And the rock. Look at that now, rock. Nicholas Cage just needs to know that it's a movie. And there's, a, there's, well, there's one more, by the way. Mike Payne, Michael Bay, also welcome many to this not so much fun filled landmass. What is Armageddon? Armageddon is the oh, great answer. Maxwell decipher by riddles, and he won this game. Maxwell had won your prize. All right. Good job, Maxwell. That was painful. Yeah. I tend to do well with these games. That's well. That's how you play. That's pain or Because <laughs> you're a doer. Exactly. <laughs> not a doter. <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's move on to out now. Presents what's out now. These are new movies that are coming on to Blu-ray and DVD this week. The first up, Silver Linings Playbook. I know some of us like this movie more than others. I am a big fan of this movie. I've actually, I you know, I've come around on it um, a little bit. A little bit. Okay. Well, I definitely enjoyed it more the second time and connected. I I I found there to be less bull and connected more with the characters. So, and I I will watch it again now that it's out. Oh, nice to hear. Okay. Also out, one of the other Mark Wahlberg films from this year, Broken City, which also starred Russell Crowe. That was that was a pretty meh movie, but I can see that as a rental. Uh, did anyone else see Broken City? No. No. Okay. 
Uh, also, I did not see this movie. Not Fade Away. This is the movie from David Chase, the creator of The Sopranos, his directorial debut. It's worth seeing. James Gandolfini is quite good. That's what I've heard. That and the music's very good. Yeah, the music's great. It's not a. I mean, it's interesting. I, I'm not the only one to say this, but the movie's biggest problem is it feels like a couple of TV episodes tied together as opposed to a movie with a beginning, a middle, and end. Um, and that's for obvious reasons, but it is worth watching. Hmm. All right. You know what else would be worth watching? What? Frankenstein, starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. (laughs) That's your answer! (laughs) Aaron, where's your answer? I was about to say, you started yelling at me. (laughs) They'd be called Bat Signals. I don't remember the question, honestly. It was what the name of my rival Twinkies would be. Bad signals. Bad signals. It'd be like a beam of light in like a twin, in like a Twinkie form. It'd be cool. Oh, see, I thought it'd be like a chocolate Twinkie, and it'd be black with like. No, I don't know. it'd be yellow. But Just it because like... Aaron is black doesn't mean that Snacky's gonna make it black. Wait, 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 Abe, you're Asian. Wait, wait. What? Wait, <laughs> Aaron's black. Yeah, I, I don't. Sworn Aaron was Asian and Abe was black. Yeah, I well, I don't see color, so you know it's. We see we have a a wide variety of of ethnicities on this podcast today. We do actually. That's quite true. <laughs> I'm just representing the Jews, but you know that's all right. <laughs> I'm constantly representing the Jews every week. It's, it's a struggle. What's anyway, going on, what's, going, what's going on next week? Iron Man three comes woo, out. I think I've woo. heard about this. This is the indie drama starring Robert Downey Jr. as a man who's fed up with terrorist acts, so he takes it on himself to use whatever technology he may have in hand. I think he has like a like a really advanced thumbtack or something, and you know, fight against Ben Kingsley. It's kind of like MacGyver. It's kind of like MacGyver. Yeah, it's just yeah, like yeah. she done Shane Black style. Um, big movie, a lot of money could be made. What do we think, guys? Maxwell, what do you what do you think Iron Man three is going to make? In I'm going to go number one with a bullet at 140 million dollars for the weekend. 140 million dollars. It's a strong bid. Jose, uh, I'm going to go a little bit lower, but I would still say number one, 132. 132 Oof. million. Oof. Uh, Abe, I'm going to go number one. I'm going to go with uh, 127. Mm. Oh, the missing returns. The James Franco number. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, damn, you guys, you guys took all the good numbers. <laughs> um, <laughs> one ten is still available. I was gonna go one ten, then I thought higher, and now I don't even know what to do. You could go one forty one. I. You could. Or one forty one, Bob. No, Aaron, just capture everything. Just go with a dollar. <laughs> no, I'll give, I'll give you the. Well, I'll go a little under just so I can still capitalize on something. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say one I'm gonna say one fifteen. Okay. So I'll see how that all goes. Right, right. Let me just let's see. I just got these stats here for the previous Iron Man slash Avengers movies. I think what the first Iron Man did like a hundred and what did it do? It did a twenty something like that. No, the first Iron Man did like a opening on a hundred, but it was like a long weekend. Or no, it wasn't. It was opening. With, uh, no, I think because it was like around that movie made a lot of money. It, it built too. That was the thing. Iron Man two opened to 128 million, made less money. And then the Avengers opens it, you know, too much. But, um, <laughs> that's what we say, right? Too much. <laughs> too much. Yes. That's all that's for the Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Tell it to Ed Norton. Um, but yeah, so that's what's happening next week. Iron Man 3, we'll see how those predictions come out. And, you know, that should be, that should be a fun show. Um, 
And yeah, that's going to actually bring us to the end of the podcast. Yeah, that's going to do it with this week for Out Now, There and Dave. You can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodezeek.com. We can find all my written movie reviews, as well as at whysoblue.com for my blue reviews, as well as my coverage of the Newport Beach Film Festival, which I mentioned earlier. You can also find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash aaronsps3. Abe? You can find more fun stuff at walrusmiss.blogspot.com and twitter.com slash walrusmiss, hashtag NBFF. <laughs> Thanks, Abe. <laughs> uh, Maxwell? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash submaximals. You can find my old work at theractfocus.com, and launching soon will be cinemaxwell.com. Woo! It's nice name. Thank you very much. Jose? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. It's Jose Cordova. That's my name. And uh, find some of my writing, which there'll, there'll be more stuff as soon as I'm done with finals, at a, that's thethoughtfulslacker.blogspot.com. Great. You can, of course, find all, other, all our other episodes. Well, for now, you can find most of our other episodes at iTunes that will be changing, as I mentioned at the top of the show, hhwlod.com. You can find our you can find our show there for sure, as well as the other shows on the network, including the Walking Dead TV podcast, Legion of Dudes, Half Hour Wasted, fun shows about comics, games, movies, other fun stuff. Outnow.podomatic.com. You can find some of the newest episodes and some exclusives there. Maxwell and I actually talked about Spring Breakers and Stoker back in March, and that was an enjoyable record. Sure. I pop. I pause for Maxwell response. Buzz. Woo! The YouTube page? YouTube.com slash outnowpodcast, where you can find the main reviews of the week if you don't want to listen to the other side stuff. Outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to email us there. Let us, you know, get, give us some contest submissions. I remember some of the contests at the top of the show. Design a new banner for our Facebook and Twitter page, which is facebook.com slash outnowpodcast and twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. But yeah, email us in your thoughts on Michael Bay movies and general pain and gain. It, or, you know, Iron Man 3. Or stuff. write it on our Facebook wall. Or write it on our Facebook wall. We Much easier. It's pretty easy. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it this week. Jose, Maxwell, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. Always a good time. And uh, until like, next time, so long. And goodbye. Rock out. As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I take a look at my life and realize there's nothing left. Cause I've been blasting and laughing so long that even my mama thinks that my mind is gone. But I ain't never crossed a man that didn't deserve it. Me be treated like a punk, you know that's unheard of. You better watch how you're talking and where you're walking. Or you and your homies might be lying to chalk. I really hate the trip, but I gotta lope. As they croak, I see myself in the pistol smoke, fool. I'm the kind of need a little homies wanna be like on my knees in the night, saying prayers in the street light. situation they got me facing i can't live a normal life i was raised by the shit so i gotta be damn with the hood team too much television watching got me chasing dreams i'm an educated fool with money on my mind got my tin in my hand and a gleam in my eye i'm a loped out gangster set tripping banker and my homies is down so don't arouse my anger fool death ain't nothing but a heartbeat away i'm living life do a die what can i say i'm 23 now but will i live to see 24 the way things are going i don't know
Andrew Wahlberg. He's had to be really tired after like working out at the gym. I'm Come on, pretty, guys. I'm pretty tired of this stuff, man. I I can't live in Dorchester anymore. Talk to pain and gain here, okay? The Rock's with me. Michael Bay movie. It's really good. It's solid. We gotta go see it. You gotta go see it. It's out in the it out for me. <laughs> this guy took my teddy boy. <laughs> Why is he reverting to like a ten-year-old boy with this? Because he took his teddy boy. <laughs> so it's like a W in it. Teddy boy. <laughs>